my next guest, after we've been like talking to each other via via LinkedIn, some chat, some LinkedIn chat. My next guest is a proud member of the sorority Delta Sigma Theta. She's a board certified pediatrician, independent health advocate, TED Talk extraordinaire, author, and the CEO of Your GPS Doc, LLC. Prior to launching her company, Dr. Rochester enjoyed a 17-year career in clinical and academic medicine. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Dr. Nicole Rochester. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. you know, I was letting everybody know we was like chit-chatting via LinkedIn. You know, she said she she was happy to be most. I told, I'm very happy to have you on my show too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So, where are you based at right now, doctor? I live in Maryland, just outside of D.C. I'm a Maryland native. I'm mm-hmm. a Prince George's County resident all my life. Okay, cool. So when I when I reading your bio, reading your title, just said enjoyed a seventeen year career in clinical and academic medicine. What exactly is academic medicine? Academic medicine is when you are involved in teaching and and research. So I was responsible for um, teaching pediatric residents and also medical students during their pediatric rotation, and also had the opportunity to publish a couple of papers. Mm-hmm. So that's really what, what distinguishes academic medicine. And then clinical medicine is, of course, just the everyday providing care right. to patients. So I was blessed to have the opportunity to do both. Right. And it's really important about it. Now, when you, when, you, when you get into that TED Talk environment, what exactly is your um, point of view when you're doing a TED Talk? Yeah. So I, I, my TED Talk really focused on our broken healthcare system. Right. And, you know, I'm sure all of your listeners are intimately familiar with the fact that our healthcare system is broken, but I really wanted to approach it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after caring for my dad and really seeing the healthcare system up close and personal from the other side, I was really struck by what I found to be a lack of connection. And so that's really what my TEDx talk focused on is this whole concept of being invisible, how patients and their family caregivers are really invisible in healthcare settings, and just the importance of reconnecting and establishing what I call a 90-second encounter, where at the beginning of every single encounter, doctors and patients just connect. Before you start asking me questions about why I'm there or what's hurting, just talk to me. Ask me about my day. Ask me about my summer vacation or my kids or my husband. And that's just a way to really just open up the door to an authentic relationship. So that's what my TEDx talk was about. Right. It's really interesting because I'm a small business owner and as a small business owner, one of the uh, healthcare is one of the number one things that um, any employee or or potential employee or current employee employee wants to talk about, you know, what type of Mm -hmm. health plan. And of course I want to have a health plan as well. So so when you look at all these different things, there are different levels when you start talking about health care. You talk about a person who you want to employ, like my mom who recently passed. It was about, you know, 24-hour health care because, you know, she didn't want to go to a facility. She wanted to stay at her home. So it was trying to find individuals or, or people or hiring people and depending on your, your relatives to be able to take care of that 24-hour clock. 
So there's so many different layers. When you talk about a broken healthcare system, there's so many different layers where you can stop and start talking. Like you talked about your father, I'm talking about my mom. But I also have to talk about people who are employed and, and how the system keeps shifting and how much an employee is going to pay and commit to the plan. Yeah. Is, is that plan going to be valuable based on the deposits and the and the, and the prescriptions and the, and the, 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 the office visits and all that? So it really just, just starts just revolving into a, a a whole layer of confusion. So when you were talking about it, did you just did you specifically talk about the age of what your father was at or just just or did you just talk about the whole concept of the broken system? In in the TEDx talk I really spoke, you know, about my personal experiences caring for my dad, mm-hmm. but then the bigger picture was really just the broken healthcare system in general. But but I agree with what you said, you know, it being a caregiver for my dad, uh, he passed away when he was 69. Right. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the differences in how, you know, I'm a pediatrician. So right. We rally around our patients and everybody is, you know, they will do their absolute best to save a child. And so that was really my perspective. And I really felt like with the elderly, they don't enjoy that, that same type of benefit. And in many cases, they are kind of written off by healthcare professionals. And so I really had to, you know, spiritually and strongly advocate for my dad. And you probably experienced the same thing with your mom. Sometimes they're just, they're discounted. And I think some healthcare professionals assume, well, they're older, you know, they're, they've already lived their best years. And so often it's the family caregiver that has to be the one to stand up in that exam room, in that hospital room, and, and really advocate for their loved ones. Well, you know what happens is it's about the, uh, we have to put in the role of physicality of taking care of somebody who's older versus taking care of a child or somebody in teenage years who physically, you can move them around a lot better. You know, when you mm-hmm. get, when you, you're dealing with weight, you're dealing with uh, individuals that you have, to, you have to be even more careful than you are often with a teenager or a young child, basically if they're suffering the same the same situation. And also the number one problem with older people, they will not tell you the truth. They Very won't, true. <laughs> they won't, they won't, they won't tell you if they're in pain. They won't tell you if they need to go to the restroom. They won't tell you anything. They'll sit there and out of pride, uh, dealing yeah. with those issues. And you have to find out, and it, it's kind of hurtful because guess what? You have to find out at the last minute. And so, because the number one thing that we're dealing with a lot of times is really in the public's eye is dementia. And how that yeah. can become so uh, crippling to a person that you respected, they were, whether it could be a school teacher, they could be a, a corporate exec, and then you look at them now and they're childlike, and they're emotionally uh, uh, outbursts that you really can't control or deal with. So it really is a, a, a tragic situation we're dealing with. And so I wanted to bring you on the show because it affects when you're talking about people who small business owners or people who are trying to uh, deal with their daily life, you don't see this coming. You don't see the breakdown of, uh, of, the, of the parent because of the fact yeah. that they've been so strong all your life, they've been leaders all your life. And then when it comes to you, it can be quite shocking because... Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it, it, I, I absolutely agree. It, it's very difficult. I mean, like you said, you, you, in some ways the relationship becomes reversed, you know, and it was very difficult with my dad. I mean, that was my dad. He was my protector, you know. He Mm -hmm. was this strong black man. And then, you know, as I watched him become more and more ill and become weak, you know, then I had to 
be the one to protect him. And my sisters and I had to be the ones to make sure that his, you know, best interests were met. And, and that's, it's very difficult to watch your parents transition to that role where they need you. And it was very difficult for him as well. You know, right. they, they don't like it. Like you said, they, they don't really want well, they, they know they need the help, but they don't want to admit it, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be a burden. My dad often said that to my sisters and I, you know, I don't want to be a burden on you all. So it, it's a very difficult situation, and most people find themselves in that family caregiver position very abruptly. You know, one day you're living out your life, and then the next day something happens, and you suddenly find yourself having to care for a loved one, and there's no preparation for that we don't learn about this in school so it can be very challenging well because you know when you start looking at life it's really interesting I, that's why i wanted to bring it on your show we're also going to talk about uh, your gps doc llc but i just wanted to talk about just slow everybody down because when we're talking about retirement we're just talking about us you know we don't talk about you know uh, people talk about living life six save money six months in advance but nobody says saves money six months in advance for your mom and dad you know, mm-hmm. nobody says that in any book, any any retirement book. Nobody says that they just say because but that is a, that is a growing issue because we live longer and we have to do and it's, and it's much more uh, an open issue. And like I said, uh, putting and just putting uh, people in retirement homes and you look at the way that can be. But like I said, the, the, because of the fact it's 24 hour care, that can be a major, major issue. And even if you have a big family. Because I come from Ruby. Oh, yeah. And that it, doesn't mean issue. that doesn't mean that they're available. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. They, okay, hey, I got weekends. I got weekends. I, I, I can't show up over there on Tuesday night. You know, you know it's like, okay. So, and I, and I say that honestly because we got to start thinking about that process now because you can watch all these great commercials on TV about retirement. You can watch all these saving money, but they never talk about that hidden that hidden debt or that hidden inconvenience. I'm going to say the word inconvenience because when it happens, it's an inconvenience because you're not ready for it. You're not ready it for is. it. You're not ready That's to give so up your true. time. You're not ready to give up the money. You're not ready to give up the commitment. And when it happens, it's rather shocking. And it also calls on you or questions your, questions your faith, whether you're selfish, whether uh, I don't have time for this. It's a lot of things that starts getting wrapped up into that whole process. And I just felt that, you know, as, as a person who talks about, money-making conversations, talk about business, talk about planning that model for success. This part of the plan gets left out a lot. You are absolutely right. And, and many times it's the caregiver that's shouldering a lot of the financial responsibility. You know, when you're like your mom needing 24-7 care, that's not covered no. by Medicare no. or by traditional health insurance. And a lot of family members don't know that. So it really does need to be part of our retirement plan. I absolutely agree. Cool. Uh, we're talking to uh, Dr. Nicole Rochester. We'll be right back. She's the CEO of Your GPS Doc LLC. Talking about that. Sounds exciting. I want you to understand that this is all part of the big picture. Learn your expenses, plan your expenses, and you can handle them a lot better. That's why you should be listening to Money Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. On the phone is Dr. Nicole Rochester. She is the uh, CEO of Your GPS Doc LLC. Uh, off air, uh, Dr. Rochester, my staff would say, Rashawn, you're pretty deep today about this subject matter. And I said that the um, reason I brought you on the show was that 
you're an expert and you also you have a personal experience of what I'm talking about. And it's important that people understand when they're talking about their future that this this little issue, which is a big issue, is not discussed. And that is your parents. What to do with your yes. parents from a financial and a caring standpoint. Because guess what? They will they will be there. There is something that you have to deal with. Age is a part of the process. And I felt when uh, the opportunity came for me to bring you on the show, it was important for people to at least start thinking about this process. Yes, it is deep. Yes, it is. I have no jokes for this. I have no humorous curve on this. But I do have a realistic approach to it because I've dealt with it. I will be dealing with it with my with my other family members. And it's part of my process. And so if you were to give anybody any advice because you experienced it, what was some of the... Um, I guess I say the uh, the the pit or the or the things that came about that you didn't expect with your father. I think one of the biggest surprises for me while caring for my father was the complexity of the healthcare system. And you know, I'm a physician, as you said in the intro. You know, I have been practicing now for over 20 years. At the time that my dad became really ill, I had over 10 years of experience, and yet there were so many barriers to getting my dad the health care that he needed. And I think that was unexpected for me. You know, I had been healthy. I hadn't really had a lot of experiences personally with needing health care other than the routine. And so, you know, one of the things that I always tell my clients and, and family members and friends is that you have to be a strong advocate for your loved one. Many people assume that, you know, the doctor or he or she went to medical school and residency, and so they're the expert, and they will have concerns and things that they feel in their gut are wrong, but they decide not to speak up, or they speak up and they're dismissed, and so they let it go. And I cannot stress the importance of being an advocate, you know, if you have to say it over and over again, if you have to escalate your concerns, because there were so many times when I was able to, you know, get things that my dad needed or get the care that he deserved only because I was a physician. And, you know, I would start out advocating as his, as his daughter, and then I would have to throw that title around. And, and that, you know, it's really unfair. <laughs> but because of that title, that influence, and even just knowing the questions to right. ask, knowing how to escalate matters, you know, I saw over and over again that suddenly doors would open that had previously been closed. And wow. so that's one of the things that I really do when I'm working with clients is just helping them advocate for their family members. So that's really the, the most important thing. And I think also asking for help. You know, when you are in this situation as a caregiver, you initially, most of us try to do it alone. Thankfully, I had two older sisters that, you know, so we all had a tag team effort. But even then, it was very, very difficult and many family members just suffer alone. Either they don't want to ask for help or they will say, well, no one's offering. But sometimes you have to tell people exactly what you need. You know, sometimes you have to just say, can you sit with mom or dad? Can you go to the pharmacy and pick up these prescriptions? Can you go buy some groceries and not wait for people to, you know, chip in? Because sometimes they really don't know how to help. This is really, really great. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I mentioned it several times, Your GPS Doc LLC. What exactly is that? So Your GPS Doc is a health advocacy and consulting company 
that really grew out of my personal caregiving experiences. And like I mentioned, you know, I started to discover that in many cases, it was my medical background that was kind of giving me and my dad a green light. And I thought that while that was great for him, I thought about the 44 million other family caregivers in our country who don't have that benefit. You know, most people didn't go to medical school. Most people don't have a medical degree. And I thought that that was incredibly unfair that everyone else doesn't have access to that information or some of those strategies that I used when I was caring for my dad. And so I just felt compelled to help. And so really what, what your GPS stock is, it's a health advocacy company. And so I work one-on-one with clients who are primarily family caregivers, mostly adult children, taking care of their aging parents Mm. and helping them do anything and everything related to healthcare. So that could be understanding their loved one's uh, medical insurance benefits, helping them to fight when there are denials, you know, drafting appeals, helping them understand medical bills, serving as an interpreter and explaining all of the medical lingo that we doctors tend to use in the examination room, helping during uh, a hospital stay, you know, being that liaison between the medical team and the family. Um, If they need rehab or nursing home facilities or home care services, helping research those facilities, vetting them, you know, really discovering who's out there, what's good, who has the best quality, and, and helping them make those decisions. Could I use the word? Can I say wow? <laughs> that's that's uh, knowing what I've experienced, knowing what because uh, when you get over fifty, this conversation becomes very popular. Amongst oh yeah, when you get over fifty, I always tell people, you know, you know, you start attending more funerals when you get over fifty. It's just natural. The people you know, the people you went to high school with, you know, life starts to take its toll on us physically, and it's just life's habits of bad things happen to start to take its toll on it. But one thing that you start sure. talking about, when you start talking about your health, you know, as a youth, I, I spent 30 days in the hospital when I was 32 because my lung collapsed. And that was the first time in my life that I, uh, I couldn't will myself to be healthy. You know, I, I couldn't mm. like, I couldn't like, you know, if I had a cold, I just go out there and play basketball, sweat it out of myself, you know, I just sweat it out. <laughs> Who knew what a flu shot was when I was growing up? Hey, I just, I just did it. Out there just, just ran till I just got tired. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you got to have a flu shot. You got to do everything. You don't take that flu shot, you're going to die. And so uh, <laughs> you take that flu shot, something else is going to happen to your kids. There's so many, it's so many fear levels out there that you have to deal with. To have a person like you uh, uh, to be able to, to have this company and the foresight. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you said I'm a Maryland lady. I'm an East Coast queen here. I've been there all my life. What about the person in California? Can you help these other people nationwide? How does this, well, how does I, your program assist them? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I absolutely have clients uh, across the country. You know, my local clients, if they need me to physically be present at doctor's appointments or come to the hospital, then I can provide that service. But the majority of what I do is really remotely. A lot of it really has to do with you know, research and breaking things down in, in layman's terms and, you know, making phone calls and advocating and talking to the doctors. And a lot of that can be done via email and uh, via phone, via Skype, FaceTime. So my services are definitely not limited to the Maryland area nor to the East Coast. So do you, uh, are you a Skype person or are you conference calls or 
Uh, how do you do when you're communicating with your, with your with potential clients or your current a roster of clients? I I prefer Zoom for for video calls. Um, so you know, if I have a client that is open to that technology, then you know, for video calls, I primarily use Zoom. I have also used FaceTime. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really it really depends on on what the client wants. And I also just want to add that you know, I realize that. Not everyone can work with me individually, and so another part of my business is speaking, and that's really my way of giving back to the community and making right. sure that many people have this information. And so, you know, I try to speak throughout the country, you know, churches, small community organizations, and also larger stages, just really trying to spread this message and, and sharing really what are inside tips and things that unfortunately are not known widely, but things that will absolutely help individuals and their family members get better health care. Yeah, before we get off the air in, in this interview, I want to talk about, I want to, one of your questions was, uh, you have a book called Healthcare Navigation 101. What exactly is that? Oh, yes, my baby. So <laughs> I have a daughter who is a sophomore in college. I have an older daughter who finished college. And just like with my dad, you know, I really try to use my personal experiences to help others. And so as my youngest daughter was preparing to go off to college last year, I kind of reflected on some of the mistakes I made with my older daughter and all the phone calls I got in the middle of the night saying, you know, my head hurts. I have a sore throat. Should I take this? How much of this? Do I go to the health center? You know, do I go to the urgent care? How, How do I pick up this prescription? And so with my younger daughter, I started preparing her for the fact that she was going to be going away to college and she wasn't going to have mom and dad right there. She was going to have to speak up for herself in medical appointments and make, you know, make appointments and pick up prescriptions. And I just realized that, you know, even as a pediatrician, we don't prepare our patients for that transition (laughs) to college. And so as I was preparing my daughter, I thought, okay, everybody needs this information. And so I wrote Healthcare Navigation 101 to really serve as a guide not just for college students and college-bound students, but also for their parents. Um, and it just talks about things from communicating with doctors, and that's probably the biggest chapter. And I go step-by-step step of the question that the doctor is going to ask you and give them some tips on how to communicate effectively. We talk about health insurance and some of the uh, issues that come up when you are out of state and how some people may not have access Absolutely. to those health insurance benefits. Mm-hmm. We talk about mental health, um, sexual health, and, and really, and the book is just a great resource to really prepare students for that transition. And there's really no other place that I have found where we they get We have 30 that seconds left, Ms. Rochester. How can we get it, Dr. Rochester? How can we get that book? It is available on Amazon, Healthcare okay, cool. Navigation 101. Dr. Rochester, I want to thank you for calling my show. Can, can you come back on my show? Because as you see, I, I've, I've, I've tuned in and you've tuned in to my listeners and, and what they need to hear because I really want to start a campaign about that awareness that, that the elderly, that you will become elderly one day and it should be part of your conversation, retirement conversation. Rashawn McDonald, Money oh, Making Conversation. Love it. Thank you, ma'am.